Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Jesse here. I uh, wanted to put together a quick episode about something, a, a topic that I think is really important to, to cover, especially because a lot of the episodes that I've done up to this point have been, you know, here's how to be successful and here's a cool tactic to get this result or outcome. And I haven't spent a lot of time on the podcast talking about failures or pitfalls or setbacks or blockers or however you want to phrase it. Uh, I haven't really been, you know, truly authentic in some ways because I've probably put the best foot forward in a lot of the episodes and shared all of the the glory and the, you know, the high highs of being in this business, but I haven't spent enough time talking about failures, things I could have done better, things that I think about a lot on an ongoing basis in retrospect that might have helped me streamline my career faster, uh, get to where I am now a lot faster and uh, you know, frankly, be happier in the process. So I wanted to put together an episode today that's sort of my, my three biggest, I don't wanna call them regrets because I don't believe in having regrets. Uh, I don't have any regrets so far about my career. Everything worked out. Um, I've enjoyed every step of the journey, but let's call this uh, you know, kind of my three biggest, wish I would have done this sooner or three, uh, you know, three, big, three things that I wish I would have done sooner uh, that would have probably helped me in my career, in my personal life, and would have helped me be more financially successful sooner. Uh, I, again, don't dwell on these things in a negative way. I look back at them as, hey, I didn't know at the time. I know now. It would have been nice. Hindsight's always twenty twenty. But uh, these are things that, that might help somebody out there get, get to where they want to get to faster and, and you know, maybe take an easier path than I had to take. So three things here. Let me start with number one. The number one sort of biggest thing that I wish I would have done sooner is just aimed higher and thought bigger and played bigger. So I spent many years in my early career just sort of trying to, I don't want to call it survive, but just trying to get through things and just trying to, to do, you know, whatever it took to keep the job that I had or whatever it took to hit the quota that was, was written down. Uh, but not so much thinking bigger, what's possible. What can I accomplish? What do I want to accomplish? What is success for me? So these are all questions you should be asking yourself. I think a lot of us go through life and maybe our parents tried to define success for us or a, a neighbor or people you went to school with or whatever it is, uh, colleagues, friends, and we don't ever actually have any say in what we define as success. And so we start to just go about kind of going through the motions and there's not a lot of sort of drive or, or, or passion behind it because someone else has defined what success looks like for us. And so one of the things I wish I would have done sooner was really decided what I wanted and just focused on that and not tried to go and do other things just because that's what the industry thought, you know, looks at as successful or just because that sort of has a perception of success. But at the same time, I would have also aimed higher. And I would have had a mindset that anything's really possible. And I would have probably thought, you know, okay, I can sell this much. What if I 10X that number? What if I 100X that number? And I unfortunately didn't do these kind of exercises earlier on in my career. I, I work on those kind of things now and I, I brainstorm what's possible and I write it down and I forecast and, and, you know, think through what my true capacity is. But for many years in my sales career, I, I didn't think that way. And it was really just a game of trying to hit, 
you know, what was in front of me, whether that was a monthly or quarterly quota or an annual quota, it was just hit the number in front of me. Don't think any bigger than that. Um, I've recently started thinking in terms of what financials do I want to achieve personally? And one way to start doing that is to maybe look at how much debt you have or how much you want to have in the bank when you retire, uh, or how much you want to invest in some different financial goals. And then start to, to define your sales goals around what you want to earn. Uh, that's one way to do it. And maybe that's not for everybody. Maybe there's uh, some other sort of qualitative goals you can set for yourself. Maybe it's, you know, in, in five years, I want to retire on a beach somewhere, or in five years, I want to quit this business and go do something else. Um, I joke with a lot of people that, in five to 10 years, I'm going to quit this business and go be a pyrotechnician. Uh, I'm only partially kidding. But at the same time, I think those are important things to think about. What do you really want out of life? And how much is that going to cost? What are some of your financial uh, and personal goals? And how can you use sales and your mindset and software sales specifically to get you there? So uh, again, I, I wish I wouldn't have doubted myself so much early on. I wish I would have thought a lot bigger uh, than I did at certain times. And certainly now I'm in a great mindset where the the sky's really the limit. It's uh, it's on me to go and be successful financially and to, to not only achieve my quota, but go way beyond it so that I can produce that financial success. But for, again, many years, I, I didn't think that way. And I had a lot of self-limiting beliefs. Uh, you know, I didn't didn't go and exercise my mindset in a way that would would help me achieve big, lofty, or big, hairy, audacious goals. I think I've heard it referred to. So that's item number one. Uh, thing number one that I'd change is aim higher, think bigger, uh, work on your mindset, practice goal setting, and really define what success looks like so that you can do that those things. And then cut out all the rest of the noise because there's so much other noise. There's so many other little small thinking numbers and things like that that'll get in your way. But if you can clear all that off your plate and only focus on what you define as success and then go for that, it's a lot easier to think bigger. So number one, aim higher, think bigger. Number two, I struggled for many, many years to ask for help. I used to just try to be kind of a lone wolf. I wouldn't call myself a lone wolf sales persona, but early on in my career, uh, I didn't think that asking for help was a good thing. I thought I, I thought that was a negative thing or I saw it as a sort of a negative trait. But it's funny because I started to notice maybe five or six years ago that some of my top performing colleagues were always using the management team, using internal company resources to get deals done. And at the time, I probably judged some of those people because I was like, those people always need help. They always need someone to sit on their calls. They can't do it themselves. And that was a really bad mindset and one that I've worked on changing over the years and one that I could admit was completely incorrect. The uh, in, in this business, especially as you start to sell to larger companies and do larger deals, it's incredibly important to use not only your company's leadership team, whether that's your sales leadership, your services, or your technology leadership, but also your executive leadership. And then there's just all kinds of other resources within most companies today that can help get deals done. Maybe that's a marketing resource. Maybe it's a, a technical individual who can come in and speak to some specifics around the product. Maybe there's business development resources that can help you generate more pipeline. The key here is you need to ask for help. 
I didn't do this a lot early on in my career and I struggled because of it. I missed out on opportunities to ask for help and to bring in resources and to align resources and to ask for coaching, ask for advice, ask for ways that I could improve my craft, ask for guidance, ask for an opinion on a specific deal cycle. And I missed all those opportunities because in my head, I thought asking for help is not a good thing. That means you're not self-sufficient. This is about being self-sufficient, right? Not always, especially when you're talking about selling a large deal to a large enterprise, there is a lot of moving parts. And if you are trying to operate in a vacuum, you're missing out on opportunities. You really are. And especially on the leadership side, as I've brought leaders into my deals and had you know what, what they call executive peering, which is aligning the executives on my customer or prospect side with the executives on my company side, it has, it, it has helped immensely in getting deals done because of that aspect of people like talking to people at their level. And so when you've, when you've got executive peering going, it just makes it so much easier to have that confidence that the deal will get done because you've got a lot of different threads in the deal. And also executives are talking to other executives. That's really the game here. This is 100% a team sport. And unfortunately, I spent many years as a lone wolf, uh, you know, sort of a, a non-team player, someone that wasn't asking for help, that was spinning my tires and wasting a bunch of time when I could have just gone and tapped my managers on the shoulder and said, what am I doing wrong here? Or what's your take on this deal? What are my risks? Or, or ask for you know any other company resources to join me and help me. Uh, again, I used to think very negative mindset that it's all on my shoulders to get this done. My quota is my quota. I own it. Uh, and while you need to take responsibility for uh, you know your success and, and your achievement, you do need to ask for help. And there are resources at every company that want to help you be successful and that want to help deals get done. That's what powers businesses. That's what makes the world go round. And so don't waste any time not asking for help. If you need the help, ask for it. Uh, if you need resources, ask for them. If you need someone to join in on a call or review something, get that help. Don't waste any time. One specific example, I remember early on in my career getting an RFP. And if you're not familiar with RFPs, it's request for proposal. These are big documents that enterprises sometimes send out that have like a million questions about all of the different specs of your technology and the business and some of the, you know, sort of business data and information. They want to do all their due diligence before they take on, uh, you know, a big software contract. So early on in my career, I got an RFP. And for some reason, I just sat there and, and spun my tires and tried to do it all myself. Uh, had I gone and, and tapped my manager on the shoulder and said, this is a huge RFP, but this also represents a big opportunity if we can win this, who can help me define some of these technical questions that are outlined here so that I can get this done? But instead, I wasted time and just tried to do it myself. And it ended up getting done probably pretty poorly because I didn't have the technical chops to answer all the questions. And ultimately we didn't end up winning that deal. Uh, surprise, surprise. That's kind of how it went. So ask for help. If I would have asked for help on that and got resources working on that with me, I probably would have been successful. So that's item number two, uh, be sure to ask for help. This is a team sport. Everybody wants to help, especially in deal-making, because again, revenue solves many of the problems in life, especially in business. So your leadership wants to help, your resources wanna help you, so ask for it. Now, the third and final thing that I wish I would've done differently was I spent many years not thinking like a consultant. Let me explain what I mean. 
in sales, especially business to business sales, especially with large companies, large enterprises, you need to, to start to posture yourself as a consultant and a partner, not as a salesperson, not as a marketer, not as a business developer or a rainmaker, whatever you want to call it. You are a partner and a consultant to your prospects. And I struggled with this for a really long time of trying to kind of treat my prospects like peers or partners. And early in my career, I used to kind of have a halo effect around a lot of my prospects, especially when I was selling early to the executive levels. I would think in my head, oh my God, this, this guy went to Harvard or this person went to you know, Harvard Business School or Stanford, or they worked at you know, this company and they were an executive there. And so I developed this sort of halo effect, which is I probably put uh, you know, an unfair amount of weight on where their pedigree was or what their background was or who they were, what their, their, their high, how high profile they were. Uh, I realize in retrospect that that's kind of silly. Uh, I did spend way too much time and way too much thought and bandwidth on where people went to college or what companies they worked at or where they'd been an executive before. And I remember I had a manager who was helping me prep for a call with some executive level buyers and he could tell I was really nervous. And he was like, Jesse, you got to remember all of these executives put their pants on one leg at a time, just like you and I do. You need to relax. You need to remember these are just people on the other side of this conversation that have a problem that needs to be solved and you're a partner in helping them solve that problem. So that was really key advice. Before that, I really struggled. And again, I spent way too much time worrying about the fact that I was selling to executives or I was selling to you know a high profile company or something like that, when in reality, as I've, you know, since that conversation, and again, it didn't happen overnight, it's taken years to kind of develop uh, the ability to posture myself as a partner uh, to my prospects and become more like a peer. So we're, we're more like friends trying to help each other solve problems and, and be, you know, mutually successful in our respective businesses. And some things that I've done to sort of exercise that muscle are really dig in and learn about the industry that you're in. If you're selling a tool to marketing, you need to learn what a marketer does every single day, top down, demand gen, all the way up to the vice president of marketing, learn what their day-to-day -day jobs are, learn what keeps them up at night, learn what, you know, just everything about what they do every single day. And the better that you can learn that stuff, the easier it will be to, to again, frame yourself or posture yourself as a consultant to them because you genuinely understand what it is they do every day. That's part of it. Uh, you know, another part of it is just asking really good questions and be sure, uh, being sure that you cover all the details. So when, when there's a software project or something like that, and you've got a prospect that has a deadline to hit and they're, they're trying to align resources on their side to make sure the project takes off and they're kind of putting themselves out there on the line by signing up with your services, you need to ask good questions and you need to, to exercise that muscle of being curious about their business, uh, again, coming in and being consultative, making recommendations, going and doing your homework. What have other similar customers done to have a successful launch? How have they grown their program? How have they scaled up their use of the software? And that's on you as the rep to, to go and do that research and become that expert so you can speak confidently and you can speak credibly about the, the person's business, their role, uh, about how you've helped other similar profiles uh, execute. If you haven't done that yet, go talk to someone who has. So if you haven't personally scaled a customer at your company, 
uh, or successfully brought on board a customer at your company or seen that kind of success, go and find a rep who has. If you don't have a rep who has, go talk to your founders or CEOs uh, or other executive leaders who have and try to find out how you can tell and weave those stories into the mix. And storytelling is a big part of it as well. And I could probably do a whole separate episode on storytelling. But that's key to being a good consultant is weaving in stories, stats, data, uh, showing proof, even getting your customers connected with uh, or your prospects connected with other customers who have successfully scaled their usage of your uh, of your platform. That's huge. If you can be a resource uh, and align those resources for your prospects, you will be a, a partner and a consultant to them and you're you're equal. Your time is just as valuable as theirs. And that's another area where I spent many years of my sales career, you know, thanking people for their time or, you know, asking people for their time and acting like, uh, you know, they kind of commanded the situation when now I, I, again, I look at it as my time is just as valuable as theirs. So when we're on a call, it's a, you know, it's a mutual alignment thing. It's not, uh, you know, thank you so much for taking time to, to meet and learn about this. It's a, I'm glad we could connect today. We have a great solution. And then I'm eager to determine if there's a partnership opportunity here and if there's alignment here. So really framing yourself that way and not thinking of yourself as a lesser uh, or the weaker part of the conversation, but being, again, a consultant and someone that is has, has uh, you know, their, your time is valuable also as a seller. Uh, and helping your prospects respect that will only help you in your deal cycles. So those are three things right away that you can think about today and possibly implement as soon as today. Uh, again, it takes some time to, to exercise these, these sales muscles, but as you do it, it gets easier and easier and the deals start coming and you'll see the actual success and you'll feel better about it. It makes this career a lot more fulfilling when you think bigger, when you ask for help and when you're a consultant to your customers and prospects. So hope that helps somebody out there. Have a wonderful weekend and thanks for listening.